Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. Live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio, home is so much more than a house. It's the house of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Mike, Pete, thank you for your job across the way. Bogus, your updates to nine we go. And big statement game yesterday by the Cleveland Browns down in Baltimore as uh, they take it to the Ravens. Uh, you know, I mentioned last Friday when we were talking – or last week we were talking, going around the National Football League that this uh, Ravens defense, not nearly what it once was with the losses, especially in the secondary. You saw that when they were home against the Arizona Cardinals and Murray was moving the ball up and down the field on them. Uh, they lost a lot in the offseason. And you saw that on full display yesterday as they entertained uh, the Cleveland Browns. And uh, Mayfield had himself a game. Chubb was absolutely fantastic. Uh, as we touched upon briefly uh, last hour, Taz, as they go into Baltimore and hand it to the Ravens. And kind of the big story coming out of that game is, you know, the Cleveland Browns, maybe they found themselves a little bit. They were defined by sloppy, inept play, bad play calling. When you look at that Rams loss uh, night game last week, and, uh, and, uh, and, and then all of a sudden you get to this, and this scenario is they played basically without, you know, Without Odell Beckham Jr. having himself a game, he only had two receptions for 20 yards, a career low for Odell Beckham Jr. The offense was A-OK, and they were fantastic in Baltimore yesterday. Yeah, they sure were. I mean, and, and, you know, that's when you have multiple weapons, and that's what Mayfield utilized was Juice Landry, you know, as opposed to Beckham. I guess they were doubling up or covering up on, on Beckham. So, hey, you know what? I got Juice there. I got Nick Chubb running the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they looked great. I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't think it's a super shock to anyone because we, we've all talked them up for, for – you know, throughout the whole summer and everything about what the weapons they have and how good they should be and Freddie Kitchens is the head coach and the connectivity he has with, with Mayfield and the, the swagger, the confidence and all this shit. And, you know, um, you go on a road, you play a team like the Ravens who went into this game 2-1 and one, who had some momentum uh, with a good quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And uh, and and you beat them. You beat them convincingly, forty to twenty-five. Very impressive win for sure for, by the Cleveland Browns. There's no doubt. 
Yeah, um, and and for Mayfield, who had 342 yards, uh, a touchdown interception um, over the course of the game, made great use of Jarvis Landry, Ricky Seals-Jones, the former Arizona Cardinal, who a lot of people expected big things from the talented tight end when he was a member of the Arizona Cardinals. He had himself a game as well, uh, three catches for 82 yards and a score, and you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a sign of things to come. Maybe it's taking advantage of what is a, a porous Ravens defense, Taz. But um, it was nice to see Cleveland kind of play up to the expectations of the talk. And you know, you and I were both on board. Um, you know, before the start of the season, and them having that kind of a game yesterday. Um, you know, I, 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 a little bit of frustration with Rex Ryan wearing the brown suit and the orange tie on ESPN <laughs> before that. the game yeah. uh, to kind of uh, troll Baker Mayfield after the conversation last week, overrated, not overrated, uh, and then Mayfield saying, well, nobody cares unless you're wearing the blue, uh, brown and orange, and then Rex is wearing the brown suit and the orange tie on Sunday, which I thought was kind of funny was for great. Rex. I thought it was very funny. Uh, very funny. Uh, and then the Browns go out and have themselves a game. And that's the thing. If they could play relatively you know, clean football, if they can, you know, they have a game yesterday where, you know, Mayfield plays well. Chubb does a great job running the football. You know, they only have in the course of the game six penalties for just 41 yards. They do a better job of taking care of the football. Only one turnover, one pick by Mayfield. They were plus two in the turnover margin, and they weren't defined by sloppy play. It was like almost like that Rams loss grabbed this team's attention when they went down to Baltimore yesterday, um, and they put it all together. Minimized the penalties, uh, weren't turning the football all over the place, weren't defined by sloppy play. It was kind of a tour-de-force performance and a much-needed victory to get themselves to the 500 mark. Yeah, and, you know, uh, real big, uh, quick to circle back, you mentioned Rex Ryan. I, I actually saw him in a pregame on, uh, I think it was, he works for ESPN, yeah, ESPN, and um, him, Teddy Bruschi and stuff, and, and, and Rex Ryan doubled down, basically, on what he said, this before the game, about, about Baker Mayfield, basically, you know, he went at him again. He basically said, you know, it's just like you got all these weapons, you got, you know, you have everything set for you, and you got to play better. And you know, and and he more or less, I'm paraphrasing, more or less said, Rex Ryan, you're lucky I'm not, you know, part of that 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 uh, that Ravens team today. I guess he meant defensively or as a defensive coach, you know, um, because he, you know, he, it seems like Rex Ryan knows how to would know how to coach this guy up. Rex Ryan taught up his coaching tree and all his years of experience. And yeah, I guess I don't know nothing. Forget about all my years or whatever. It was actually a very good watch uh, the pregame to hear him. He was he doubled down. He didn't back up on anything. He didn't backtrack. I should say on anything. Rex Ryan and Teddy Bruschi brought up the part, part about about you know about a uh, bridge about Bridgewater about uh, Mayfield. Basically saying it's it's about maturity. You got to be more mature. You got to just shut up and go play. People are going to critique you. They're going to say something. Just play. And you know what? That's what Mayfield did. Once the game started, and and I guess he was motivated to some sort of a degree from a lot of the chatter. And, and he's got a chip on his shoulder. And it gets to the point where. You got a chip on your shoulder, and we all respect the chip. I, I, my career was built on a chip on my shoulder, but I didn't tell everyone all the time. You know, it's just like you keep, you keep showing that chip and talking. You know that the world's against you, and it's like it's the point where it's like, shut up, dude. Right? Yeah. No, just play. You're a good player. Just play and just shut up. Yeah, well, and and he's going to answer the critics as he's, uh, and I don't think he's going to stop. I mean, no, uh, he's not. Regardless <laughs> of what Teddy Bruschi says or anybody else, I, I think he's going to respond, and he's going to have those rabbit ears which might not actually be good for Baker Mayfield here moving forward. But uh, uh, he responded in kind yesterday. Here is uh, their head coach, Freddie Kitchens, uh, after the game talking about uh, them putting it together. Cut one. Our guys did a good job this week of executing the plan, executing what they were supposed to do. I think they did a good job of that. 
Um, this, this credit needs to go to the players. The game of football is about players, and our guys played well today and did what they were supposed to do. We haven't won anything. We just won a football game. That's it. You'd have to ask me at the end of all this to tell me, you know, 12 games from now, you have to ask me, and I'll tell you how big this was. I just know <laughs> I wanted us to go out and play well, play to the best of our ability, and see where it happened, see where the chips fell. And uh, I think our guys did a good job of doing that. No, they certainly did, coming away with the 15-point victory. And there was an incident over the course of the game where uh, defensive back for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Marlon Humphrey, and Odell Beckham Jr. got into it a little bit, uh, where Humphrey actually you know, put his hands on the throat of, of Odell Beckham Jr. I didn't Jr. see it. I heard about it because I was watching so many all the games. I didn't see it. And, and then Beckham threw a punch, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I didn't see it live. Uh, I saw a brief replay, but it wasn't a great replay. Mm. Uh, you know, but um, you know, I know Freddie Kitchens did say that uh, he was going to give Al Riveron a call afterward. Um, you know, when he was on the team bus asking why Marlon Humphrey was not ejected from the game. Now, Humphrey did go to Beckham after the game and apologized um, for it. And and then Beckham, I think, joked around with reporters saying that he was bothered by he lost one of his earrings uh, during <laughs> the altercation. So uh, here is Beckham talking about that uh, that altercation with Humphrey. Take a listen. It's hot out there. You know, we're, we're just competing. I'm only, um, I'm just upset I lost my earrings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then here's Humphrey talking about that altercation with Beckham. I ran to him after the game uh, and apologized. Um, it's not really what you know the brand of football I really want to represent. Whistleblows, you know, it's got to be over with. So, you know, it got our got my team a flag. So it's never good when you're getting a flag. And um, it's not really the like I said, it's not the brand I want to represent. So. Um, I was happy I was able to talk to him after the game. Well, it's good that he talked to him. I just watched it. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, he was basically a full mount choking a guy, choking yeah. Beckham on the ground. I mean, that's like, that's not, I mean, that's not even a fight. That's no. just like, you, you, that's, oof, that's bad. Yeah, that's no, it's bad. terrible. Yeah. I, I, and I don't know, I mean, if you're looking at that, why does a player not get ejected for that? Uh, that's, a, yeah, I just, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that, what, a, what are the officials that? watching there wow. where you have a player <laughs> with his hands around another player's neck? Uh, how exactly do you not eject a player for that? That, to me, makes uh, no sense. Complete side on because I'm very observant. I'm watching this video of this of Beckham getting choked by Humphrey. He's got the visor on. He's got the he's got the rainbow visor again that he wasn't allowed to wear. Meaning uh, Beckham, he's got it on. Remember, they, he said he couldn't wear it. He had to wear a different one. He had to take it off. He's wearing the exact visor he was wearing that that real rainbow looking um, iridescent. I think is the word visor. Yeah. Wow, I guess they let him wear it now. What the hell's going on? It's like I don't know. Maybe they did a little consistency on even the equipment. Jeez, uh, unbelievable. Or it could be just the angle it was shot because the one he transferred over to does have a little bit of iridescence to it. I, I don't know. I didn't. I, know I didn't pick up on it uh, yesterday watching the game. Um, whether which one he was wearing, but that does resemble the one that he had to take off during the jet game. It does yeah. Uh, yeah. Based on that photo there, it does look like that. And now he was saying that other players were able to wear it. Um, and they were not uh, yeah. they were not taken off the field like he was, and he thought he was being pinpointed. But you know, listen, neither here nor there. Overall, uh, for the Browns, uh, they desperately need that victory, and for the Baltimore Ravens, I'd I'd be a little concerned right now about Baltimore. Uh, certainly, Lamar Jackson has shown you the ability to run the football and throw the football, and you look at Mark Ingram's been a been a, a consistent back. Taz uh, defensively, though, here's the problem with Baltimore is is defensively, there's not a lot of lean on that defense right now. Um, you saw in the Kansas City game, now you're going to say, well, that's on the road in Kansas City. That's fine. Now they come back home against the Browns, right. who for the first three weeks couldn't get out of their own way offensively, and the Browns got healthy on that Ravens defense. 
Not something you usually see. Now, they've got some time to rectify it. This is the reason why they called Jacksonville about Jalen Ramsey. Uh, They've got issues in that defensive backfield in terms of coverage. They've got some things to clean up. They lost a lot. When you lose Suggs, and I understand Suggs is at the end of his career. When you lose uh, the other linebacker who went to uh, Green Bay and you lose uh, C.J. Mosley in one offseason, that's a lot to take off one defense that was very, very good a year ago. Yeah, no, 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 I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's, it's they got to, I, I mean, look, they, I think they have something for sure in, in, in Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? There's the explosiveness to him. There's something, we've talked about a lot. He's throwing a ball better. He can throw the ball a lot better. Yeah, he is. And, and obviously, his, his feet, the way he runs, his elusiveness is so impressive. Um, and I, I think his goal is to throw first, but then he's just he could just on a dime just take off. But um, I don't know. I, I, I look at the end of the day. I do think the Ravens are going to win more games than they lose. But this is a tough one at home, and this is a rival. You know, you're right. I mean, this is a, this is tough. This well, I'm is just a, looking more so at the the. De- I mean, could, is Lamar Jackson improved? Lamar Jackson improved enough to be efficient enough offensively to make up for the ills defensively. I, 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 is he going to be that good at quarterback? Now he surprised a lot of people the way he's thrown it. I've been stunned. He's been very, very good. You know, and it was better the first couple weeks than he was the last couple weeks. Uh, the, the first two weeks than he was the last two weeks, Taz, right, right, because right, right. of who they went up against, the Chiefs and the Browns, respectively. But can they be offensively efficient enough to where then they minimize the impact or deficiencies of that defense? Is he going to be that good? I have a hard time thinking Mm. he's going to be that efficient. I think you bring up a really good point. Uh, You know, if you look at the defense, it's it's, it's more or less a no-name defense. Darius Smith is the other linebacker. Thank you, Mike. They lost to the Packers. So besides Earl Thomas, you know, uh, uh, the safety Earl, Earl Thomas, he's the only branded name of a guy who's like, I'm not saying a lot of these young guys aren't good players, but... It's almost more or less. Uh, it kind of feels like a no-name defense in essence. And so, to answer your question, no, nah, it's probably not enough that to have a quarterback as good as Lamar Jackson, as young, exuberant as he is, a guy like Mark Ingram who's running the ball much better now than he did with the Saints. He's been uh, great. Yeah, he has been. Brown at that receiver spot, Boykin at that receiver spot. I, I, offensively, I don't think it's enough if you don't have a strong defense, and, and that defense is uh, hurting. Yeah, it, it's hurting right now, and and that's gonna be the that's gonna be the intriguing thing to watch, Taz, because we're now amazingly enough we're one game away through the first quarter of the NFL season. Yeah. So we're gonna have 13 weeks and 12 games left after tonight's Monday night game, which was a, which is an absolute doozy. I mean, Steelers <laughs> and Bengals oh, and in three, Pittsburgh. Oh, three, right? I mean, that yeah. that is a doozy of a football game. Oh, and maybe Lamar Jackson that offensive team, but Taz, when I thought when I thought about Raven football, I think about defense first and sure. foremost. You know, you've thought about guys offensively over the years. Jamal Lewis, Joe Flacco. There have been guys, Jacoby Jones, the big catch in Denver against the Broncos. Right, right. There have been guys that, but you've never really looked at them as being an offensive team. No. They're trying to change their identity a little bit to where now they're more, they have to be more of an offensive-minded team because that's the strength of their team right now. Mm. I don't look at the strength well, of their team being the defense. I've always looked at the Ravens. The Ravens can win a game like we saw Sunday night, 12-10. Yeah. Ugly, nasty, yeah. we'll kick field goals, you won't get into the end zone, we're going to beat you down and take away your will over the course of the game. That is not this Ravens defense, and that's the one thing I think that people look back on and say, well, the Ravens still have a great defense. No, they don't. Watch no, this no. defense play. They're not a great defense. No, they haven't not. been through the first four weeks of the year. No, the days of Ray Lewis and, 
and uh, and Ed Reed and and Sarah Goosa to go back even further. Those days of Gonski. Yeah, yes. no, that's that's well, a thing of the past. Those yeah. defenses were. Those are unbelievable. They would yeah. take the, They would basically take your heart and soul over the course great. of the game. They were great. What yeah. they did to Gannon. Did you think that hit on Gannon was a dirty hit when Sarah Goosa yeah. picked him up and drove him into the ground? I, I always thought it was a dirty. I hit. I thought it was a dirty hit too. I, mean, I like Sarah Goosa, but yeah, I thought it was a dirty yeah. hit. He was an animal. Yeah, you know, he really know. was. A Taz of the Moose guests clutch on Sunday. We'll explain. We'll get into that next on this Monday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. know it's a big kick game on the line i know you try and get into that kind of zen mentality just focus on the snap spot and kick do you think about that how meaningful the kick is at all yeah i really try not to um something that kevin someone said around the texas and m that's kind of stuck with me he said nervousness is for the unprepared Mm. which i thought was actually really profound because if you're nervous i think having nerves is okay being nervous though in my position means i don't know where the kick is going to go and if I go Monday through Saturday the right way, and again, if I trust my muscle memory, if I trust my talent, my skill level, I know where that ball is going to go, so it doesn't matter what the ball looks like. A 33-yarder from just inside the left hash for Lambeau. Here we go. Cook gets it down. Lambeau kicks it up. And the field goal is good. It is good. The field goal is good, and Jacksonville has beaten the Denver Broncos 26-24 to at Mile High Stadium. This one belongs to Duval. <laughs> there you go. Jags Radio Network. Lambeau with the game winner for Jacksonville yesterday in Denver in the wind uh, as they take on the Broncos as the Broncos have lost two games this year, whether it be Lambeau or whether it be the great Pinheiro, uh from the uh, from the Chicago Bears. Uh, they lose two games at the gun. Uh, there you go. Did you see the nerdy dance Lambo did? I missed it. No, he did I a didn't. little like whoever was the holder stood up and he looks at me. Did a little like arms yeah, out I to s- the I side s- thing. I, did, I, did I mean, it, it was coming yeah. from me. It's a lot. It's funny. It was like one of the whitest dance moves ever. Uh, good for him. Mike. Was, good job on that. Uh, yeah, nice that job, Mike, uh, putting good. that together. Um, you know, as as Jacksonville comes back all the way back. I mean, Denver looked like they had complete control of that game. Gardner Minshew, the uh, the legend of the uh, mustache quarterback, continues to grow, Taz, down there in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, there was no, uh, you know, Ramsey, that whole saga going into yesterday as well. They dealt with all of that, go on the road, and the Broncos are no great shakes, but uh, still well, find a way to win the game. That's a good win for Jacksonville. I, I, you know, I, I tell you that week one when Foles went down, I saw Minshew. I'm like, there's something about this kid. There's something there, and I remember seeing it on the show here. And he's he's been doing pretty pretty good for sure. He's definitely locked in. He's a star now. Uh, and speaking of stars, I mean a guy who finally showed up, and that's Leonard Fournette. I mean he great. ran the ball like Beast Mo Jones. I mean, two hundred twenty five yards, uh, unbelievable. No touchdowns, but God, dog it, man. They fed him and fed him a lot, and he played great. And you know what I thought was really odd, what well, in a good way but weird was Jalen Ramsey. He's on the sideline in a, in a, in a Jaguars hoodie. And he's not playing now, no. so he's got the back. We don't know if it's the the, the pregnancy. The, the, the you know, I was just. I a think he was sh- out due to the back. I guess, yeah, right. Yeah, he was on the so. flight out to Denver, right. but I guess it, I guess the back issue flared up. I mean, he still wants to be traded. I mean, it's so I mean, whether or not you know, 
he they decide for him not to play yesterday, Taz. I mean, it's so oh. much drama and so many different layers to it. What do you really believe? What's true? What's not true? No, it just seems like uh, it's kind of written in stone, Taz, that the days of him being a Jaguar are kind of numbered. I mean, I, I'm still know. holding out hope. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I get am, it. Because uh, I'll tell you, I'd what. love to see him remain down there in Jacksonville, well, but that's not the vibe you're getting. No, but see, I got a different vibe. I mean, everybody looks at things differently. I got a vibe that he he made the trip. He was there, and not only was he there, he wasn't just standing on the sideline talking to somebody, like not engaged in the game. He was fully engaged in the game, and he was talking to the defensive back coach, talking to the other cornerbacks and stuff, and, and, and safeties. He was in the, like literally in the game, like yeah. on the sideline. So I thought that was a good sign. I thought like he wants his team to win, and that's a good sign. I, that's... I don't know. I, maybe I'm being gullible here. I think there's a chance he still might stay a Jaguar. I hope you're right. I mean, uh, you know, I, I hope you're right. Um, I don't know uh, if I feel one way or the other wholeheartedly, 100%, whether he's going, whether he's not. Uh, you know, I thought maybe there'd be good vibes last week, Taz, and then he basically is out due to the flu, and then the back injury, then his girlfriend has a, a baby. Then he's making a flight. He's probably play, and then he doesn't play in the game. And you mentioned him being on the sideline, being an active participant, you know, but he is still held fast and held firm, whether it be hopping on TV or podcasts, that he wants to be traded from Jacksonville. Yeah. That the trade demand is still there. Yeah, uh, that he wants away from that franchise because he feels like he was disrespected. Now, it goes back to that, obviously, that Houston Texans game and the back and forth that he had with Marone because the very next day his agent was contacting the Jaguars organization saying he is, his, you know, his player wants out. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, like I said, I I was uh, happily surprised to see him as involved in the game on the sideline that he was. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, uh, you know, we'll see. I guess we'll know this week. I would assume it's got to come to an end soon. Well, the 29th uh, is the trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got we've got a ways. Got another month, right? Unless they do something. Na- yeah. Well, yeah. You know well, I mean, ways, the, yeah. It, right? It could happen this week, or it could happen three yeah. weeks no, from but now. What you're saying. Right. Yeah. So you, we've got a month to figure out one way or the other. Uh, that's the you know that's the broad spectrum. It could happen obviously sooner than that. Doing more brought to you by the Home Depot. Visit HomeDepot.com for details on flooring, appliances, and bathroom home improvements. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. How about Nick Chubb? The Chubb piled up three touchdowns on the ground as the Browns went down to Baltimore and beat the Ravens 40-25 to in a victory to get themselves wow. to the 500 market, 2-2 two and two on the season. Andrew Bogus uh, just entered the Yes, uh, studio. what's up, Andrew? Great Good morning. Guys, no trade demands here. Good morning. I'm happy no to stay. There you go. Oh, hang out. Deadlines be damned. Thank you so much. So the Dallas Cowboys showed up at the Superdome averaging 179 rushing yards, scoring over 32 points per game, then only ran for 45 and scored just 10. QB Dak Prescott, a loser for the first time this season. It was tough. Uh... Between the run game, the pass game, uh, we just couldn't couldn't get it going early. Uh, we finally got a drive in the second half, but uh, when you're playing in an atmosphere like this, when you're playing a good team and a good defense like that, uh, that's too late. That second half drive ended with a one-yard TD run from Ezekiel Elliott, the only touchdown anyone scored last night. The Saints won 12-10 on four Will Lutz field goals, the last of which a 26-yarder early in the fourth quarter. After the loss, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said star left tackle Tyron Smith suffered a high ankle sprain. Left shoulder injury for Bears QB Mitch Trubisky. He didn't even last three minutes against the Vikings, but Chase Daniel came in 
and led Matt Nagy's team to a 16-6 home win. Zero changed. Nothing. And that's the beauty of, of having a guy like Chase. Daniel threw a touchdown pass while the Bears' D held Dalvin Cook to 35 yards on the ground. The Bills took their first loss of the season, 16-10, to the Patriots and lost QB Josh Allen to concussion protocol. The Bucks outscored the Rams in L.A. 55-40. Seattle won in Arizona 27-10. The Browns stormed through Baltimore 40-25. And the Chiefs snuck out of Detroit 34-30. They trailed on four different occasions, but finally won on Darrell Williams' one-yard run with 20 seconds left. Andy Reid sums up the win as only a football coach could. Hey, not all of Mozart's paintings were perfect. Huh? That was beautiful, man. Hey, the end result, though, that sucker's going to sell for a million dollars. Okay, now here's the thing. If you're listening carefully, Mozart... Not a painter. That's funny. He's a musician, right? He did, yes. He was. He played bass. Yes, he played bass. Uh, Thanks to the Chiefs for tweeting that one out so we can all make fun of their head coach. (laughs) Off the field, uh, Antonio Brown reportedly prepared to file nine grievances against the Patriots and the Raiders, most of them connected to unpaid signing bonuses and paychecks. College football, 4-0 Baylor giving head coach Matt Rule an extension through 2027 while Rutgers fired Chris Ash. They were 8-32 under him after Saturday's 52-0 loss to Michigan. The St. Louis Cardinals are finally NL Central champs, dumping the Cubs 9-0 to close the regular season. Up next are the Braves in a division series that starts on Thursday. The Brewers settle for the wild card game. That's tomorrow night in Washington. The Cubs, meanwhile, are not bringing back manager Joe Madden. The Pirates fired Clint Hurdle, and the Giants lost Bruce Bochy's finale 9-0 to the Dodgers. Chase Elliott won the NASCAR postseason race in Charlotte. Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, Eric Almarola, and Eric Jones knocked from playoff contention. And Elena Deladon scored 22 points plus 10 rebounds to lead her Washington Mystics past the Connecticut Sun 95-86 in Game 1 of the WNBA Finals. Boys? All right, football season is back, and there's no sweeter way to celebrate than by adding Snickers and Skittles, the official candy sponsors of the NFL to your game day spread. It is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Monday morning on CBS Sports Radio, Sirius and XM 206, the app as well. And remember, download that podcast each and every day, radio.com, Apple Podcast, and also Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, where they're available. And the download numbers have been very good. So we appreciate that here uh, from our team to yours. And Taz, you know, speaking of, you know, disappointments, we talk about the Baltimore Ravens. How about if you're Matt Patricia and you're the Detroit Lions yesterday who had, I'll be honest with you, they were by far the better football team against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, And, you know, whether it be turnovers, you know, the fumble, uh, you know, going in, whereas then picked up by Breland, taking 100 yards for a touchdown, going the other way. I mean, think about that swing. That's a 14-point swing the other way. You're about to score a touchdown or at least at the very least kick a field goal and you end up giving up a score on that play, and it was correctly called uh, on the field. They let the play play out. When you look at replay, the ball was loose before the player was down because he's laying on top of uh, uh, either a fellow Lion or a Kansas City Chief. But the the Lions had so many opportunities yesterday, and I thought watching that game, I'd like to get your opinion. I thought they were the better football team. I thought they were better than Kansas City. Um, and uh, you know they didn't end up that being that way at the end of the game, but during the game – 
Uh, you know, that's the thing that's going to haunt them when they watch the game film is that if they just played a little cleaner game or a lot cleaner game, they would have won that game. They, they, totally. They were definitely, you're right, the better team. Uh, the, the Lions, for sure, at home were, they looked great. I was shocked when I flipped over this game, and it was probably, it was probably the towards the end of the second quarter, and I was like, wow, look at this, and I couldn't believe it. And, uh, look, time of possession-wise, I mean, the Lions dominated the Chiefs. Okay, uh, if you look at, I mean, Pat Mahomes had a good game. He did a pretty good game. He threw for 315 yards, but not as good as game as, as Stafford. Stafford. Matt Stafford, he, he played great. I mean, he played really, really well. Three touchdowns, 21-34, 291 yards. He had a great day. And was playing with a hip and ankle injury. That's right. I forgot about because that. Because he was uh, questionable whether or not he was going to play, and then they declared him ready to go about uh, two hours before the game. He looked excellent. I mean, he looked excellent, really managed the game perfectly. Everything was great. It just... <laughs> it looked like the Chiefs were going to lose, but hey, uh, that's what that's what great teams do. They find a way out, uh, f- find a way, especially on the road, to get it done. I mean, th- to a certain degree, we saw it with the Patriots, uh, not as good as this game, with the Patriots and the Bills, and definitely with this here, where the Chiefs remain four and zero against a Lion team who was. Uh, Locked in. I mean, they were playing great at home, but just not enough to finish it off. Yeah, not a, not enough to finish it off, Taz. And and you mentioned it in terms of of Stafford playing very very well. The Lions all of a sudden. Remember how many years the Lions couldn't run the ball? Yeah. Now mm-hmm. they can run it. They can run the ball, and they yeah. and they ran the ball very effective yesterday against Kansas City. We know the Chiefs' defense is nothing to write home about, right? Spagnolo was brought in. They changed a lot of that personnel. They could use a corner as well. Uh, but I mean, still, with that being said, they go on the road, and I knew a lot of people that were on the lines yesterday, and you know, I didn't love it. I didn't trust Detroit. Maybe you got to start trusting Detroit a little bit more as you learn a little something. I mean, you're right about good teams, Taz, and great teams. They find a way to win. You yeah. saw that with the Pats up in Buffalo against your squad. And you saw that yesterday uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs, who are flashy offensively, have got some things to work on defensively. But, um, you know, they they walk out of that building as a 4-0 football team, and that's the most important thing at the end is what's up on the scoreboard. Yeah, and carry on Johnson, running back for the, uh, for the Lions, had a day. He had a day. He, he played great for sure, 125 yards, and he was getting a ton of touches, over 25 touches. So he had a great – and that was a big part of it. You know, obviously, you have a quarterback who's throwing the ball, and – his, he's, he's getting guys that catch the ball left and right for him, and he's throwing a bunch of yards and uh, getting a bunch of yards. And then you got a, a running back like Johnson who had a great day. I mean, that's going to lead to a victory, but they didn't get the victory. <laughs> it's just, it's, it felt like if you watched the whole game, it felt like the Lions won the game, but it didn't happen. No, didn't it did not. Yeah. Did you see the, the catch and toss by Kelsey? Yeah, the little pitch. Oh uh, that was awesome. We watch. Well, we see great things every yeah. single week in yeah, the that NFL. Was cool. That was really Watching cool. that yesterday when I was at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the place basically went bonkers. Yeah, I mean, because cool. they have a guy make that He's Usually you see those things at the end of the game. Right. Team's desperate. Right, They're right. down a touchdown. They need to all of a sudden, they need some kind of miracle. They, you yeah. know, they do the hook and ladder, so to speak. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, I don't know if it was drawn up that way or if McCoy was just happened to be in the area. But Kelsey makes the catch. And then McCoy, as he's getting tackled, they're about to get hit, tosses back to McCoy. And McCoy runs about another 25 yards inside the Lions' 10-yard line. It was Awesome. It, it just it I, you can't coach that, and I don't think it was a design play. To my opinion, I don't think it was. I agree with you. Uh, it was. It, it's two legit players. A guy like McCoy, you're taught in football, right? A lot of people don't talk about this. You're taught always be around the ball. You're on offense, be around the ball. Even if you don't have the ball, if you're a lineman and the ball's downfield, 
Hustle, get to the ball. Because you never know when the ball's going to get turned over. That's something no one ever talks about. It's a, a basic football thing. And that's what McCoy did. He trailed. It's called trailing the play. He trailed the play. <laughs> and Kelsey having great instincts, being a former quarterback. He was a quarterback in high school, Kelsey. And, and having good hands, obviously. And having good awareness and not being selfish. He pitches it. Uh, what, what, just great stuff. It was really, really fun. It was one of the need cool more plays. of that in football. Yeah, you know? I agree with you. It was you know? one of the cool plays that you saw on Sunday in week four of the National Football League. It really was. And the Lions come away with a, a hard-fought game in which, as you heard Andy Reid celebrating, it's one of those games, Taz, where I think you walk out of that building feeling like you stole one. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt about it with the Kansas City perspective. Yeah, the, like the Patriots did. did up in Buffalo. <laughs> Same thing. You're familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, a close call for Clemson. And Mike Leach rips into his players. We'll get into a little college. We'll do that next. It's Taz and Moose with you. CBS Sports Radio. Coast to coast, pillar to post. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, if industrial plants could capture CO2, think how we could help lower emissions. ExxonMobil is is working to make it happen. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. This week's unexpected play, how about the play of Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers? Winston threw for 385 yards, four touchdowns to lead Tampa Bay to a 55-40 win over the Los Angeles Rams. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Taz, interesting college football Saturday. Um, You know, number one, obviously, has got to be Clemson surviving against North Carolina. Uh, Got no issue, I mean, with the, obviously, the Tar Heels going for the win late. Uh, with under a minute 20 to go. They score the touchdown on the second goal from the one-yard line, the one-yard touchdown run. Uh, then you draw up the uh, you know the two-point play to try and take the lead at that stage. The two-point conversion does fail. Clemson survives 21-20. You know, they're no longer the number one team in the land, though, after struggling on the road in North Carolina. They are able to march on and get the victory. I don't – I mean, I saw some people reading into it saying, oh, look at this, look at that. I mean – it's a long college football season. Uh, it really is. I wouldn't necessarily say this is a precursor of things to come for the Clemson Tigers. Certainly Lawrence has not captured the nation like I thought he probably was coming off that national championship game. I thought Trevor Lawrence would have a much better year offensively throwing the football this year than he has. I don't disagree with that at all. I don't. Um, I do want to say about that UNC game, though, because I did watch the game. It feels like eons ago, but I did watch the game Saturday. They had Clemson not on the ropes, but they were they were knocking them out. I mean, Mac Brown has got that UNC team, and he's doing some good stuff with that program. I know they're sitting two and three right now, but but I'm telling you, they're going to get some legit recruits in there over over time. And he's done he's done a great job all his decades, all his success at Texas, yeah. as we know. But I'm telling you right now, man, they got talk about getting out of Dodge. You know, uh, getting out of Chapel Hill uh, with a win and, and head back down to South Carolina. That's what Clemson did. They got the hell out of there because, dude, that game was – they got – they dodged a massive bullet in that game. I don't want that just to be like, ah, whatever. And now the whole Alabama thing, I, I don't know. Listen, man, for me, 
Alabama, and I and I, I love Nick Saban. I mean, we talk about Alabama a lot here on the show, and um, it's tough for me to have just throw them in that number one spot. Uh, they haven't they haven't played a game this year so far. I mean, I shouldn't say a game. You know, what I mean, they haven't played anybody of you know. There's they're, of they're not challenged. You know, there's no challenge. They're not no true schedules like you you're, know. No, I, I get it. I understand. You're 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 not wrong about that, but. I don't think anyone expected Carolina to do what they did against Clemson either on no, Saturday. Going no, I agree. So I agree, I agree. All right. So then I, I guess it's a case of how much do you read into the close victory for Clemson? Do you read into it? Okay, well, they're the number one team in the land. They were going in. They won on the road against a team that they should have taken care of business against. They didn't. It's a credit to Carolina for doing it, Taz, because Alabama, yeah, you're right. I mean, they haven't gotten into the heart of that SEC schedule. They haven't. No. Uh, they haven't played a lot of tough teams up until this stage. They haven't, but they've handled all those teams like you would expect Alabama would handle those teams. Yeah, Clemson, we see it every year. We see it every year. No, no, yeah, I sorry. get it. No, Continue. no, my point being is that Clemson has Clemson didn't on Saturday. Right, right. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Like I do, Clemson, I do you mean. like, yeah, yeah. okay, if, I, I can't even draw a comparison. But if, if it was Alabama, North Carolina, right. you know, Alabama probably would have handled that a lot easier considering, and I know Mac Brown's done a nice job with Carolina. Yeah, yeah but I get what you're away. saying. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, I the do. point being, and then it would have just been, what, well, Alabama beat Carolina by 25. Who I mean, who, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just Alabama steamrolling a team that they should steamroll. I mean, you know, I, I don't get caught. Here's what I, you know, people get all caught up in hot and bothered in terms of one or two. And you know, listen, Clemson won. Could I make the argument that they should still remain and be the top team in the land? They won the game? Yeah, I could still make that argument. Did they do it pretty? No, they didn't do it pretty. But ultimately, Taz, you know, it's it's a matter of whether or not you're part of that Final Four. I mean, Clemson couldn't lose that game. They couldn't lose to Carolina. They right. didn't lose to Carolina. Um, and, you know, they'll get better as the season goes along. I don't think – do you look at that game, Taz, and are now concerned about Clemson moving forward? No, because I do think Dabo Sweeney's gonna they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna just get much better from that from what happened. I, like I said, I watched the game and yeah. and they just didn't they did not look like the number one team in the country. They did not look like Clemson. They they were they were shook. They were shook a good amount during that game. Travis Etienne, who I feel should be you know the great running back for for Clemson, I feel should be definitely highly considered in that Heisman race. Uh, he he's got to play better in this situation. He did not have a good game. He did not have a good game. Uh, like you said about Trevor Lawrence, I agree with everything you said about Trevor Lawrence. He's got to be better too. Um, you just too can't busy look... on the beach with his girlfriend. I, he, photos. I, I've seen that, yes. but yeah. So it's just I, I do think that you you know it's a it's a tough thing because you're right. I mean, what do you do? So do you leave them there because they get a one point victory on the road against a UNC team that went into the game two and two? Okay, the the Tar Heels were two and two going into that game. And then they get the loss at home to the Tigers, and so okay, the Tigers. Some would say, "Well, the Tigers, the Clemson still won." I mean, that's what some would say. I don't know, man. I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I just feel like Alabama, you know, getting these victories over the next New Mexico states and the and the Southern Misses, and they they smoked uh, Ole Miss fifty nine thirty one. Now they're gonna play Texas A and M. Let's see what happens. They're playing Texas A and M on Saturday. Hopefully, you know, let's see. Maybe that's a game. Maybe they're, it is. And they're playing at College Station, so maybe we'll see. We'll, well see what yeah, happens. It would be great. I mean, we we all want to see the top teams at the uh, at the the teams at the top task get challenged. And certainly, Clemson was on Saturday against Carolina. And you're right about Mac Brown. You know, who said at the end of his days at Texas really wasn't enjoying himself any longer uh, being a head coach. He said he's back in Carolina. 
And just because of, you know, everything and the pressure that comes along with what he did with Texas. And he had a lot of success for the Longhorns. He said he's enjoying being a college football coach once again Mm. uh, down in Carolina. uh, And he's done a nice job so far at the onset uh, for the Tar Heels. You see what Mike Leach had to say. So Washington State, after collapsing um, against UCLA and blowing a monumental historic collapse this past week, they got throttled by number 19, Utah, 38-13. Here was the Washington State, always outspoken, Mike Leach after the game. Take a listen. And what's amazing about this is um, uh, most of these guys were on the same team last year that was a tough team. Last year's team was a tough team for us. They're fat, dumb, and happy and entitled. So I think we've got a bunch of free agents running around there that think they're pretty special. And then, you know, as soon as something doesn't go their way, they want to pout. Oh my God! <laughs> you know it's funny what you said. It is funny unless your kids on that team, uh, then it's not funny. But listen, I mean, who knows what's going on at practice or in the locker room? There, Mike Leach, um, you know, very intelligent guy, very quirky guy. Uh, I believe he has a law degree. He's got a long history. Of, you know, his name got put on the map as you know. Him. It was Texas Tech. The great job he done there, to coaching. Look, well, at- as we talked to, as we talked to. Um- Oh, the former uh, Oklahoma coach last week. Oh, Bob Stoops. Stoops. Bob Stoops. Stoops yeah, brought yeah, yeah. him to Oklahoma. That's, that's right. That's right. Forgot about that. Brought him to Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. To, to be his offensive that's coordinator. Right. That's right. And he's he's a guru with that, no, no doubt. Um, uh, meaning uh, Mike Leach, very intelligent guy. But I I do think there's a lot of sound bites from him lately. Last year, this year, it's it's he's the star of the Washington State Cougars. Like he's the star. Like it's all about him. It's too much with him. He takes has a hot take, takes a shot at at his team, their kids. You know, I mean, and if Nick Saban said this about his team, I'd say the same thing about Nick Saban. I'm just saying the 18, 19, 20-year-olds, yeah, they could be entitled. They're, they're pains in the asses. Trust me, I got a 20-year-old. I get it. But you still, not when I say they're kids, I don't mean like, oh, be nice to them. I don't mean it like that. I'm not being a snowflake here. What I'm saying is I don't think you need to send a message. Look, if you're a head football coach of a Division I college program and you got to send a message to those kids on that team by using the media and taking a shot at them, then you don't have that locker room, coach. you got to get control of that locker room. I, 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 that's all I'm saying. I well, don't think you might it's, be right. You're I, not an NFL team here. Well, you know? no, that, that's true. You're, you're right about that. Now, he did say, you know, the, our team loves reading about people telling them how good they are uh, and ro- love reading the press clippings and this and that. And that's the way, and, you know, kind of like we played like it. I guess if you're, if you're leached, Taz, and you tried everything else and the team responded, you know, they just got, they suffered an embarrassing loss against UCLA. Right. Right. They, I think they showed what was the, the, the high watermark they were down when UCLA was down, what, 32 points? Yeah. Something like I think that. it was like 32 points, right? Yeah. UCLA historically in those games are two and six. Mm. The rest of college football in like the last 10 years, whatever the time frame it did, like five years, I saw the stat on ESPN. The rest of college football is 0 and 144 when down 32 points yeah. in any given game, right? So it was a monumental collapse. Team didn't respond well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, if that team great the team did not respond well, well, they got their butt whooped by Utah, who's a better football team. Well, they're, they're ranked nineteen in the country. You're playing Utah in Salt Lake. I mean you're, you're the on game the game wasn't close. Yeah, the game wasn't close. No. Yeah, and they and they got whooped. Now you can look at the coaching and this and that, but if you're leech and you try and I don't love the messaging, I'm not gonna say that I do. I, I don't think I don't think anybody that is a student athlete should be called, you know, fat, dumb, happy, and entitled. I mean, I I don't think that's the case at all. But if you're leech and you feel like your message is not getting across, maybe this is the only way to grab the attention of this team is to say it to the media, to be outspoken, and maybe he's trying to get this team to 
respond to it. Well, like the team did, or like the the, the teams have in the past. Maybe that's the way. He's maybe going now. maybe. Let me ask you this, Moose. Okay, and how, how does this help with recruiting? So, if your son is an awesome football player and he, he's a potential five star recruit, and he's a junior in high school, and he's caught them, and now he's got a bunch of D one schools coming at him. And let's say you, you live on the West Coast, you know, and and are you going to want your kid to go play for Mike Leach? Uh, uh, if he calls out the team like that and his team stinks to boot, like no, I, I'm not. Are you? No, no, I, w- I would not. No, I would not want my team, my son, to play Listen for Mike Leach. Yeah. No, no, I, I get it. I'm not saying it's right, but I, I will say that his, his offense does play. You know, Gardner Minshew's in the National Football League having a lot to do with what he did at Washington State a year ago and leading the nation in passing and put him on the map. And you know, guys have been successful for him. Uh, and it played very, very well. I don't, Taz, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't disagree with you. He's a divisive guy. He, he is, has been. He, here's the thing. Because he, he he talks about the team wants to hear, read about themselves and read their own headlines. He's like that. That's <laughs> how Mike Leach is. He's a mock for himself. He is. He's been like this for a long time. And like, as far as, you know, let's look, college football teams, I don't care what he had in Minshew there last year, the year before, the year before that. Because college football teams, it's a different team every year. Because kids graduate. It's not like a pro team. So... It, 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 there's a turnover every no, season. No, I get you know it, but I mean? my, my, my point about bringing up Minshew is that you know if you go there and you're a quarterback, you're going to get an opportunity to throw the football, and you're going to put up gaudy I stats. I agree with that. that the, my point that. is you know, guys are going to look for opportunity to play. That, that's right. it. I, I'm telling, I don't disagree. I don't think it helps in recruiting. I yeah, mean, that's if, what I'm saying. If you're an 18-year-old kid, your you're mom and dad hop online, and you see, well, I'm getting recruited by Washington State, and <laughs> the, the Cougar coach just called his team fat, dumb, happy, and entitled. Yeah. I don't know if I'm sending my son there. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't like, disagree. Why would I bother, you know? Uh, <laughs> we'll come back to three. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.